Greetings fans, welcome to another edition of Shy Lounge. I am the sensational one Shinblade along with the beautiful and voluptuous Mika Villas by my side. And this is a special episode dedicated to Russell K 2022. And if you're wondering about my PR voice, uh, that's because we're on location at the NBC Suites. Stop telling people where we are. Stalkers, man. I mean, I that's have them too. because you like your stalkers. I don't necessarily dislike them, but I don't need them to find me. It's like that taken, I will find you, and I will. I don't need that in my life, okay? Thanks. I would actually do that for you. You would. If somebody, if somebody abducted Mika Villas and I got the cell phone, I would say the same thing, and I would try to find them. <laughs> Great does, movie, by the way. That does not mean for you stalkers to try to take me, okay? Please, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Also, I just wanted to uh, state for the record, this is my first episode I've recorded ever since WrestleMania weekend, WrestleCon weekend uh, with JTG because, um, you know, I wanted to be honest and upfront. Uh, Mika Villas and myself, we have totally different schedules. I know people enjoy Mika and I try, I try to find ways to progress the uh, podcast even further, even if she's not here, but I still honor her because of what she brings to the podcast. So I'm going to work it out. I bring candy. And some spirit, <laughs> too. So, um, we're not in the hotel room. Uh, you don't have to tell them where we are. Pause. <laughs> we're just out here in the public, though. So, some people may sit in and listen. I invited a couple people up here. That's fine. We're, we're nothing if not entertaining. Hopefully, you guys feel the same. And talking, speaking of entertaining, I will use my own segue. This, again, WrestleCade weekend was definitely entertaining. Um, from the wrestling to the fun shenanigans... Um, we shots of uh, <laughs> of uh, at the end of it. Adult of, drinks. Well, I was gonna go shots of people, you know, shooting, not shooting. Um, yeah, you can't violence, say that nowadays. The violence, the the shots of you know flesh on flesh, but the the shots of picture taking, and yes, the shots of adult beverage. It was very, very a great weekend, all in all. Hopefully, had by all, and you guys listening. Again, I wholeheartedly encourage you to make your way to WrestleCade any and every year that you can. And also, we're both in recovery mode um, on the last day of WrestleCade on a Sunday because we have been, uh, let's see, quote-unquote, working hard. Really working hard. And I'm telling you, my friends Jack and Truly, Truly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not White Claw? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Not a white girl? <laughs> I'm white girl. I mean, listen, it's been a weekend, guys. It really has been a weekend. A great weekend, but it's been a weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to say personally that I this weekend has blown my expectations because most of the time I come here, like, to meet people, get a couple episodes uh, recorded if I can with Mika, and that'd be it. But it's just so much of a growth process that I have received. Uh, I guess I was at the right place at the right time um, instead of uh, going to the matches, obviously. Um, 
because we're, we're we're moving around so much to the point where we don't really watch wrestling except on Sunday hmm. <laughs> with the um, AML and Ladies Night Out. But um, I don't know where to start. Should I start on Friday night at the Impact Show? Because I didn't go. You can start on it, and we can kind of. Um, we won't have to go into explicit detail because you can't add to that because you weren't there. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of start with that, and we can work our way. Well, know. well, there was an Impact show. Um, uh, it was a special Impact episode at uh, Wrestle Cave for the IPWF, the International Provincial Provincial uh, Wrestling Federation. Oh, that's what it was called. I thought it was Impact Wrestling Federation. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also I apologize. I'm ro- I'm rocking the. Uh, Lozenges in my throat because of uh, Pause. uh a throat as, lozenger. As 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 again, we had a, a weekend, um, you know, weather changing, and so you might hear a little a little noise there from us trying to you know talk and keep ourselves. Uh, I don't want to say medicated, but just to kind of keep everything. Hey oh. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I was just just trying to keep it flowing. You've got to. You've got a cough drop. I've got a cough drop. So yeah. Yeah. When you say the Medicaid word, some people think Medicaid, huh? Oh. Oh um, gosh. Okay. Okay. Got it. No, that's just me, and you know, uh, I can't say any more on that one. But you know, I wanted to relax this weekend. It's been a very uh, interesting couple of months. We're just now coming off of uh, the. Um, all-out brawl-out situation, which you know I kept getting tired of for after two months, mm. and the fact that Kenny Omega saying that yeah I think we should let it go, then you go on Dynamite and they're doing everything that people were mocking that happened at the brawl-out. I was like, okay, well somebody didn't let it go, <laughs> obviously. I think in in general wrestling will say one thing and do another, mm-hmm. um, so that is a. a, a best scenario where again it sounded good like hey we're going to move on from this we don't need to dwell on it and then you just go and suck my dick basically that's what it was that that's basically what it was on that wrestling match that just sounded horrible if i didn't come from me um well i mean you know you could be like nyla rose and i don't give a f attitude like that but um it was just something to um, gloss over. Plus, MJF being the champion, finally, a uh, he's the first uh, "quote unquote" homegrown talent in AEW to become world champion. I'm so proud of him. Um, even though he would diss me if I ever told him that, hmm. uh, because it's MJF, f your kids, <laughs> f them kids, indeed. But congratulations <clears throat> to him, um, because again, I don't like to say people deserve it. But he did work extremely hard. Um, for he, he was very consistent. Uh, the past, I don't know when MJF hasn't really been consistent. He's, it, I think, since they opened. He's been consistent in general, and I think that's where people may not understand where you know they they see him and they see him every you know TV time every now and then, but consistently on non-televised shows just consistently out there like he said himself being honest as he's doing a promo doing interviews being the face of the company being out there in public and in private doing things before he was a champion that a champion traditionally would do because that's kind of how he's built as a performer as a wrestler and i think that's a blueprint for a lot of people should follow because 
you know, most of the time with the younger generation, they're most mostly built on social media, if not wrestling, and kind of sway to whoever's talking to them. You know, more people are guided towards negativity than positivity. And, um, you know, I, um, I'm going to discuss the situation later about that. Uh, so, you know, there are wrestlers out there that they'll post their stuff on social media and then turn their uh, phones or devices off and just go about their lives. And, and I'm becoming one of them because um, as much as I like connecting with people, it just takes a whole lot of freaking work to, just to uh, even have connections or make the right posts and people like it and, and to circulate, you know. Um, and I guess I'm up there in age because I don't TikTok a lot, but... <laughs> <laughs> Old man on the porch. I'm trying to work it, though. Pause. Um, oh, gosh. But going back to WrestleCade with IPWF show, I did not attend because it was crowded in there. And um, I, I love those shows on TV because you're in on it more than being in the audience. And that was one metric that I saw in uh, Impact, you know, those little throwback shows. And also it reminds you of Southpaw regional wrestling that spoof that the uh, WWE did um I think as far as the IPWF show um first big show of the weekend uh, Friday night um huge crowd like you said it was crowded it really was really crowded in that um the room um I think a lot of people didn't pay attention to what they were coming to they were looking more for an impact show. Yes. And they did not get an impact show, a traditional impact show that they were looking for. So it was a bit of a disconnect and confusing because while on commentary, I'm sure they told the stories of some of the matches and what the background was for, for instance, what stands to me was Chris Saban was a paper boy. And it was hilarious to me. I have um, no clue why. Was he a paper boy or a news editor? Uh, Paperboy, news editor, it's something to do with the newspaper. Okay, which, again, that's our last Newspapers week. are a dying breed, so here we go, you know. I still read newspaper every now and then. Old man on the porch. But again, you... you Save my lose, electricity. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> you lose that kind of um, information about here's the characters and here's what's happening when you... The live crowd can't get into it. So that... I, I don't like commentary over loudspeakers... No, I hate shows. that, and and I've been through that. But in a case like this, if they were to do that in the future, especially at a, a convention setting, I would think that it would behoove them to kind of consider trying to do something like that, just again, so the live crowd gets more into your show and the stories that you're <clears throat> trying to tell. The ring work does, you know, there's comedic factors, there's actual, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling factors. But there was a part of the story missing, I feel, for the live crowd that would go over much better if they could kind of listen to what the actions in the ring had um, was being told, the story that's being told. But it was good overall. I mean, it really was a good, good show. Um, the characters, again, fun, funny. You got your heroes, your villains, and all that. But, again, um... <laughs> Uh, uh, my my general was I uh, was talking to folks and listening to the crowd around me. The disconnect was there, and that's unfortunate because um, <laughs> it was it was a cute show. Yeah, excuse me. Um, with the, with that, um, I'm trying to remember what I did on Friday night. Um, I think you I go to the swinger party. Wait, 
Whoa. I should say Johnny Swinger. <laughs> we're kind of out in the open, and if I yell it out, you might have people peeking out going, hey, what's going on here? Especially with this voice right now, the yeah. Johnny Swinger party. Were you there? No, um, I actually talked to him, and um, is I got another story about that one um, that I probably could openly say. Um, it's not really an insider insider story, so I, you know, who's gonna pick up my show and put on the dirt sheets? Anyway, um, I was with uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I went to the bar uh, during the show and just talked to people. and ended up going to uh, uh, my man Heel Riddle's uh, get together. His uh, shindig, pardon the name, um, you know, because I love uh, my dude Chris Riddle, and you know he's been going through it for uh, a while now, and he's just so welcoming. He's a couple of his friends, and um, we we went to the foothills where we usually go, and uh, we just had a great time. Uh, shout out to Jamal the Titan, uh, Nadia Hunter, Olivia Divine. Um, who else was there with us? Uh, Mika Villas was there. Uh, that was later on. Oh my gosh, there was a host of people there. I don't listen. I I, I kept a bottle. Excuse me, I kept alcohol in my hand. So, um, <laughs> and and then you know the eyesight's getting squinty. So, uh, I had somebody screaming for me in the lobby of a hotel, and I didn't realize who it was um, until I walked all the way up on them. Like when I say all the way up on them, we in their to, face had to be face to face. And it wound up being a certain undead bloody bride. So um, I was like, oh. Susu. Hey, no names. <laughs> we love Sue. And she wasn't a gimmick, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Yeah, That's she, why I said Sue. She was totally, yeah, undead bloody bride checking the hotels, just so y'all know. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I should have had a suggestion, though. I don't know who to talk to about it. But uh, maybe one year Susan can come to uh, WrestleCade. Look, I mean... You know, with I don't know how Impact does it, and that's a very good kind of question that if you guys know, by all means, like, add us, Twitter, Facebook, what have you, but WWE owns the rights to a lot of their characters that they have on television. Excuse me. Um, Impact? I don't know if Impact. No, no, WWE, for instance, Mankind, Mick Foley, Undertaker, these are portrayed by individuals WWE copyrights those characters and those names. Yeah, just like The Rock's daughter. Right. So Ava Rain. Which is not a, not a bad name. But what I'm saying is, I don't know if Impact has the rights to Sue, Susan. Oh yeah, because they fought uh, years ago about Matt Hardy's uh, broken gimmick. Right. So, so uh, maybe uh, Susan or Susie. So uh, while she undoubtedly created these characters, mm-hmm. I don't know if she could take them outside of their realm. Of mm. Impact without explicit permission. The Bloody Undead Bride has been hers forever, and that's the character she's portrayed throughout her a good chunk of her career right now in the Indies in the last six, seven years or so. It's been many more, years. And not more. I'm just kind of going back to my mindset and my memories of that character. So. Yeah, um, I mean, a man can only dream. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, Sue Young, that's not that's a nightmare. But Susie's all good, right? Yeah, Susie's all good. Um, 
Yeah, now I think about it with the realm. Shout out to uh, Father James Mitchell, uh, who I called the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to him years ago. I felt like I was talking to the devil. You were talking to the devil himself. Yes. Father James Mitchell is no joke. Like the sinister minister. Yeah, that that there are some gimmicks that are not gimmicks, and I'm fully invested in the fact that James Mitchell is the devil. He lives it, breathes it. Uh, I don't know if he even breathes. <laughs> so, uh, so. You know, Saturday comes along. Uh, I don't know Friday night. I think uh, we split, went our separate ways, and that was it. Don't ask me where I was on, on a particular night. If it was at a bar, it was at a bar, or if it was someplace drinking, it was someplace drinking. But there was a lot of mm-hmm. um, not just drinking, but that um, especially here in Winston Salem on this weekend, a lot of the getting introductions to people and drinking with people. Yeah. And and kind of getting more knowledgeable about the person behind a lot of your favorite wrestling personas. And that part I actually love because we're in the business and we can do that. It's a it's a ways to do that. It's not easy. It's not like you can get up and tomorrow and do that. It's a level of trust and sometimes the alcohol thins the trust. And, you know, some people talk and some people don't talk. It is what it is. I mean, there are people, too, and that's what I love about this business. Um, As usual, the convention um, was around. It was expanded a bit, too. This was one of the larger WrestleCase that I've gone come to. (coughs) Um, And the convention center here in Winston-Salem is a huge convention center. Um, If you know convention centers... This is not like something small. This is not something, if you're thinking about, oh, this is just a little wrestling something or other. Um, it's a I big would, convention. I would love to get the actual physical count of people who, come, who came through, especially this weekend. But I um, did for uh, the Super Show. How many? It was, they would say it was like 4,000. Um, I think for the convention, as far as the flow of the autograph seekers coming through and what have you, I would say that there were well over six to 7,000 people who flowed through this weekend. Oh, it was um, packed, like, packed like sardines in there, I bet. But I got up late because I was, I was uh, quote-unquote, hungover. Um, got to bed around about 3 and a comfortable bed. Uh, you went to bed? I you did. Slept? I got to get my sleep. Oh, God. Get my six hours at I least. I swear I was doing it wrong. Okay. <laughs> you were hanging around party animals. Oh. You were hanging around people that... Like in certain instances, can put you down. Some people are like just less effing go like all night. Yeah, pretty much. That was this weekend, and but this is what I'm used to for this weekend. It's a go 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 type of weekend. So it's even worse for uh, WrestleCon because that's like a week. <laughs> yeah, this was like a week for me. I swear, this is like two weeks. But um, like the next morning, Saturday morning, um, again. <laughs> Lots of people to get autographs from if you're an autograph seeker, but the the meeting rooms, the convention was spread out into more of the convention center. I think next year it might um, benefit for Wrestle to consider taking over the entire convention center, top and bottom, for um, a lot of the um, show and autograph seeking opportunities because. It was, it was packed. That many people, it, while it wasn't, um, <laughs> while it wasn't the most comfortable flow because you were literally, um, touching, scraping by people, scraping by people, touching <clears throat> folks you don't know and being touched. 
Um, That's a super spreader event, but I'm not going to bash Tracy Myers for that. You said bad words. It is the <laughs> fact that, you know, even if you spread it out, there was no way to social distance this. Like, no, no. no. Um, I, not I, many people. So. I took a picture of a sign um, on Saturday morning, and I said, well, this ain't going to work. And shout out to uh, Cool Dad, uh, Danny Danger, who commented on it. It's like, well, uh, they're going to take you to court with the handshakes, brother. Mm. <laughs> you don't shake people's hands. You don't shake hands. Nah, we fist bump now. I, re- I, I replied to him, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> As the uh, infamous dude that we don't talk about. We don't talk about Bruno. So, um, were there any people that you wanted to see and introduced to? Or was it just like the same old, same old people? I got introduced to a lot of people who I never thought I would have the chance to talk to or just, like, get 3.2 seconds with or what have you. Um, I talked to Adam Page. I did, yeah, i known him for a couple of years. And this is not somebody who was on my list of anybody to see or what have you, but he turned out to being, you know, not a bad guy. Um, we we kind of had a little joke. Um, I, I talked to um, Gia Miller. Nice. I love her. Impact thing. And when I tell you she is the sweetest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is ridiculous how sweet she is. Again, wasn't necessarily somebody who I was like, okay, let me go track out to meet. But I'm so very, very happy that I did. Um, Yeah, Gia, um, I met her years ago. And honestly, she was on Impact for about a minute. And I didn't even know it was her. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, openly people notice because of what happened, their house was on fire, that her uh, longtime boyfriend, Ace Austin, um, he introduced me to her and the accent, you know, very sweet woman. So I'm like, yeah, that's his girlfriend. And months later, I didn't even know it, you know, until their house was on fire. It was like his girlfriend, Gene Miller. It was like, that's that's a redacted name. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I know her. I said, like, I didn't even know that. Like, that was her on TV. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at times I have my blind spots of uh, personalities and such. Um, any more? Um, Jessica Havoc was a, a oh doll. God. An absolute doll. Um, Rosemary. A lot of impact people. Havoc um, is like you're almost like your twin. Jessica as far Havoc? as the partying part. Um, <laughs> Jessica. Not going to confirm or deny, okay? Okay. Well, got. I, I just touch base with a lot of folks. Like, if you you if you see me, if you know me, you know I, I float a lot, and I floated a whole lot this weekend as I I, I tumbled, not stumbled, but tumbled through <laughs> um, different um, different parts of the convention center. Um, we were talking to. Uh, I said something to Bradshaw. He looked at me funny, and I was like, I'm going to catch a clothesline from hell. I'm going to just go step over here out of the way. And they all cracked up. I ran into him at uh, WrestleCon, and, and let's let's be clear. As far as wrestlers are concerned, Bradshaw is a tall-ass dude. Like, you see certain wrestlers, like, okay, you know, the adult size, you run into them. Hmm. No. John Bradshaw Layfield is a tall, lanky dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. TV is, like, I, it doesn't measure to real life that's true and I feel like um people don't get how big and I think that's part of his um I want to say his persona but how on TV now he's saying that um these wrestlers would make it in his air or what have you as he's talking about some of the current roster members with him being so big and he's smaller now than he was yeah in his heyday 
So imagine, uh, you know, another 40, 50 pounds on him. Yeah, he cut those uh, He cut those beer carbs pretty quick when he mm. changed character when he was injured. Mm. You know, the APA and everything. Speaking of uh, JBL, um, I ran into Ron Simmons again, and he grabbed me. And boy, Ron is, I would think, Ron is as tough as he is 30 years ago. Mm. And uh, we had talked, we had talked, and um, I was a little shocked, though, because usually at conventions, you pass by somebody, hey, you, like, mm-hmm. nice to see you, you know, pass on. Right. He was like, Shin, my man. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, not to sound like a mark like that, but. Um, it There's nothing w- wrong with that, because I will tell you, um, I don't like saying mark or whatever, but if I had a fangirl moment, and my fangirl moment was with Francine. Um, the queen of extreme like mm-hmm. I loved ECW and ECW gave me something a little bit different for the girls now I know everybody was like oh Francine you know Beulah Kimono and Alea they were sexual objects for a lot of these wrestling male fans but for me they weren't just they weren't sexual objects at all they were pretty girls who were tough much as Francine got her ass beat and going through tables and what have you. And all the trashy spanky thongs and all that stuff that people was, saw on TV. But, again, she went through a table. Yeah. She, you know, would grab a kendo stick or get, you know, <clears throat> get hit. These girls fought each other. You know, cat fight. Okay, fine. But they were literally out there mixing it up. And in my... And, and um... Not to cut you off though, but uh, with Francine, um, I'm more of a Beulah McGillicuddy because number one, if anything, top five would be that match with Bill Alfonso, um, which that was kind of a cringing match being that uh, man versus woman back in the 90s and very taboo, but they pulled it off like none other. It's one of the top ECW matches of all time, I think. Um, Big Show, I couldn't really run into him because uh, his line was pretty uh, moderate. But one person I did uh, miss because I got there so late, like one o'clock, was uh, Soraya, the former Paige. And you know, you I, I, you said there was a line for her. There's a line for her, and of course, um, I think one of the first major appearances of like convention setting since it was announced or she announced that she was fully cleared mm-hmm. um to wrestle so that i think added to the fact people want to go and talk to her i love watching the wwe or former wwe people um interact with fans because there is a certain i don't know if to say it but there's a certain training that they have and Again, this is a crowded convention center. People are waiting in line. But you almost, you can see them forget about their weight and the amount of money that they spent to meet their, you know, person when they get those few moments with that person. It's almost reminding me of an amusement park ride where you wait in line, wait in line, wait in line, and then all of a sudden, you're on the ride. Whoosh! It's over before it began, but you feel amazing afterwards so, yeah um and i watched people in her line kind of have that experience and it, it made me smile because i'm just like they all have it but i think she has it a little bit more because she's truly appreciative of the fact that people still want to meet her talk to her 
and the fact that she can get back in the ring, I think, and people are going, I can't wait, I'm excited, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of trends with people who have neck injuries and head injuries and coming back, and she's on my list of people that I love. I mean, I love Pay, um Soraya. I met her a couple times. I uh, interacted with her mother. So we're kind of like that loose associate type thing where um, not to sound like a Mark. Like, I know, no, I don't. Stop um, saying Mark. God, gosh. So um, I was amazed that Soraya was coming back, and I was cringing for that match at All Out against uh, Britt Baker. And I thought the match was okay. The build was kind of funny before, right before the uh, pay-per-view with Britt Baker's promo. It, it, to me, it kind of made the table switch a little bit, which that was not the intent. And um, the match was pretty moderate for somebody who had ring rust and could have been blown up. And I think the ending was flat, but, again, I didn't hold no uh, judgment to it because she actually did it. Listen, I was at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans when Brian Danielson uh, returned. Mm-hmm. And I was cringing on that one, you, you know, with the powerbomb from uh, Zayn and Owens. And um, it's continued to be like that. And Brian is still kicking people's asses in uh, mm-hmm. AEW. And the guy has, like, head head issues and concussions. And that doesn't speak well of the roster per se, but you know it is what it is. Medical uh, was different back then. Medical is advanced now. Uh, again, I missed that one because I was like very lethargic that morning. Huh. Um, and really, I had got in there and I met Taya, and Taya and Johnny John Morrison had a booth together. I've been called. I've been texting John uh, to come down and hang out. He wasn't there, and by the time the convention was over, uh, the Super Show happened. He did his match. I was in the audience uh, for Johnny Wrestlecade mm-hmm. versus Brad Attitude, and by the time the match came, it was over. He was back dressed. I was backstage uh, for I think after that match for the majority of the show, and after that, he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna go." I was like, "God, man. right, right." So I wanted to have a moment where I was hanging out with uh, two members of Worldwide Underground and have Mika come with me, and we just, like, just uh, shoot. Would, would that make us members of Worldwide Underground at that point? Hey, I'm pushing that envelope right okay. now. Right. You know, um, I got to get PJ Black and uh, I think somebody else. I forgot their name. Anyway, um, the Super Show was very entertaining. Um, As it always is. I missed the first match between Masha and Taya, but people were saying that they tore the house down. With- Masha's a beast. Like, if you're familiar with Taya's work, you know Taya is no slouch at all when it comes to her in-ring work. She's amazing. But Masha Slamovich is having... <laughs> I can't remember if that was a TV show, the best year ever. I was going to say a dynamite year um, to put a pun on things. But Yeah, yeah, indeed, a dynamite year. Um, this woman is amazingly good, and she's getting better and better right before our very eyes. So um, those two really, really killed it. Yeah, um, I've known Masha ever since uh, New York uh, Warriors of Wrestling. Um, you know, she's come a long way. She wrestled in Japan for a while. And then she did some GCW uh, shows, and her stock was just rising. And after that, Impact Wrestling, and uh, not, not only that, but NWA. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her. We reconnected. And I was just like, girl, like, I remember, what, Brooklyn, New York, St. Finbar's uh, Church for uh, Warriors of Wrestling. Now look at her now. Uh, she has nowhere to go but up. 
Um, there are other matches up there. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, you can watch it on TitleMatchWrestling.com. Uh, shout the, out to Telly. Yeah, shout out to Telly Business. That's one of my good friends um, from uh, Connection of Virginia. But now he's in Houston, Texas. Uh, shout out to the Texans. Not Texans. The Astros winning another World Series. Uh, really, um, I know I'm alive because I'm recovering. Oh. Control your narrative. What do you think about that? Well, we're, uh, well I may be biased because <laughs> I like EC3. I do. Um, so, mm, I almost want to say he can do no wrong. So, there's my biased opinion. Um, and he got a bit of artwork too now. I... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say we joked about stalkers. I don't want to say I stalk this man, but <laughs> I've watched him in his career um, since his uh, original, you know, Impact days, TNA days when he was Dixie Carter's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, even before that, I recognized him as um, the weird little all-American dude when they were doing that NXT, whatever uh, um, original. Derek Bateman. Yeah, Derek Bateman. But the whole thing for me is, I, I thought Derek Bateman was, <laughs> but. I said that about his uh, main roster run when he returned. Well, there, there's a whole, yeah. But I've watched him and I've watched his developmental. Uh-huh, yeah. In ring and out of the ring and watching his workouts and um, seeing what he's trying to accomplish. And the artwork, the new ink, I was like, well, wait a minute. All this time he's done, like, his body transformation. And, and he's never had a bad body. But right now he's probably the best shape of his life. Um, and add any ink to it, kudos to you, sir. I think he's more cut than, uh, I think he's more ripped than buff. Because when the past couple of years he's been buff and then now he's ripped. Which is really, like, not really a far comparison because he's cut like knives and razor blades just ching, 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 ching. yeah and also uh we have we have uh one of my favorite wrestlers but also conspiracy theorists in a way austin aries um you know you can talk to the guy but when you go past five minutes you gotta like cut it off a little bit uh, he likes to talk yeah he's very passionate though i have yet to buy his book though you know proud vegan um Bet fodder for the first time, and I name dropped uh, Whip Dog in in Detroit from the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast, and we just connected. That man loves soul music. We were rocking the Bobby Walmack uh, in the back. Oh wow! Uh, a lot of old soul and stuff. I said, "This guy's my new friend." <laughs> Me- the soul music connection, the soul brother connection. Yeah, we were talking about Funk, Sara, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, you know that connection was made. Um, also, I reunited with Karen Jarrett, or should I say Karen Angle Jarrett? Right. Well, uh, Karen Jarrett is a, she's listed. Which yeah. Was, which was fun, which is cute. Her outfit was nice, though. Her outfit's always nice. Um, they had the kids there, um, so it was cute to see the kids because I remember seeing them years ago on television and see how they've grown up. Um, and Karen and Jeff were, you know, not together, but right next to each other at the table, so. They were talking, and you know, from a, it makes sense because again, what we saw on TV was not necessarily what was happening in their real lives, but watching them interact, 
my my fan side was like, man, I remember they were fighting tooth and nail, you know, back and forth, and now here they're, you know, sharing a moment, and it wasn't a moment. They were just being normal humans. Like that was work, and this is their lives. So yeah, it was it was good to see both of them out there. Uh, uh, uh you talk about the seconds. Hmm? You talking about uh, Karen and uh, Reby? Well, I meant at the. I didn't get to the Reby, but I meant Karen and Jeff. Okay. In the, outside of ring setting. I'm sorry, I blanked out a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, Reby again. Reby is in, Reby is incredible on Instagram or TikTok. She's a social media. Queen. Oh my god, I think she need to run classes on what she does. She wouldn't have patience for people. <laughs> she really wouldn't. No, I finally met her last year, and I said, "You, you entertain me a lot." You, uh, Reby does, and James Storm, uh, mm. Cowboy James Storm. He's always on it, and uh, I got with him on Sunday, and you know, I can't say enough about Cowboy James Storm. He loves to party. I would suggest him to be Mika Villas's drinking partner. If I drink with James Storm, I will change his life. He don't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, you know, uh, they had a little cat fight too with uh, Reby and Karen Jarrett. And uh, shout out to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett has amazing. To me, he has an amazing year. Mm-hmm. Like he has he's been working for WWE. You know, helping out. Um, Ric Flair's last match had happened in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, that match was uh, ooh, but Jeff Jarrett carried that whole thing. And he Jeff was just Jarrett so incredible. No chicken, so. To watch him work and to see that he is still very much able to go at his, I don't call it advanced age, but, you know, he's up there. And it's like, okay, Jeff still Jeff still got it. Mr. Jarrett, that double J, like, okay. Yeah, I wish I could do the uh, spelling the way he does mm. it, though, but I might stutter on <laughs> this right here. Right now, but but he, uh, ain't he great? Ain't he slap nuts? Okay. <laughs> that was my favorite out of him when he was hitting everybody with guitars. Uh-huh. Shoot, it's not it's a dubious position though, but I was like, I, I want to be hit by a guitar. Mm. <laughs> It'd be a viral moment for me. Careful. Might might shatter my glasses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all in all, I I can't remember a lot of the matches. The battle royal, uh, that was won by, uh, good lord, I can't even remember. It was a lot happening, like yeah. a lot. Like there are so many matches, so many people back and forth, so many people doing awesome and incredible jobs. Like, oh, oh, yes, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It was uh, won by Nick Aldis, uh, who is garnering a lot of, uh, garnering a wave of attention after suddenly leaving uh, the NWA. He didn't just suddenly leave. He left and he said, "F y'all." In Mr. Aldis spilt the British tea about his experience in Impact. So, um, that's in Impact. A lot. I'm sorry. NWA. In, NWA. My apologies. I always associate him with Impact. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. From his Impact <clears throat> run. But, yeah, when he left NWA, it was not on good terms. And um, he, he's spreading, not the tea, but he's giving, you know. Uh, he spilled the whole damn picture. Hmm. <laughs> He's giving a um, pull back behind a curtain of sorts, and you, as a fan, are learning kind of what some people knew already about NWA and the backstage or the management issues that are um, running there. 
Well, also, um, you know, Nick Aldis is a true Scorpio from what I know. Um, I got to do my Googles on that. I think he is. So we're one of those people that, like, blow the bridges up if, if it's not going a certain way within either ourselves or just the whole situation. And um, I stand by uh, Nick when I heard the statements. Just like, you know, I think it was a story about Billy Corgan shading Mickey. Mm. Shading Mickey James or something. And, you know, being a husband, you know, apart from his own uh, disagreements, he said, look, you know, you can't do that to my wife. Look. That man loves his wife, and if anybody will tell you who knows them and watched them, um, I remember talking to him, and she wasn't there one year um, at the convention, and when they brought her name up and we started talking, just the joy on his face, um, that's what a husband is supposed to do and be, like, joyful and always happy, but also protective, and whether it be her reputation or her, her spirit, I think he's got her back. And that's good to see. And I'm sorry that people would even attempt to, you know, discredit someone who Mickey James is amazing in and out of the ring. Um, and she's done so much for wrestling, women's wrestling, that it's uh, it's sad that I don't want to say Billy Corgan did it. It was a little whatever. Allegedly, we'll go with. But, yeah, it's sad that somebody would allegedly say things like that, especially um, knowing who her husband is. That's a big old man. Well, actually, That's a big old man. Yeah, yeah it I is. I would not mess with him. And also, this is the second company that, that shitted on Mickey James apart from WWE. If, if it's true, it's the second company that shitted on Mickey James apart from uh, WWE sending trash bags of her uh, belongings. Uh, the trash gate by, uh, what's his name, Caruso, Mark Carano. Yeah. That, that did it. Um, and then also, I joked saying that, that their apology to Mickey was come back for the Royal Rumble and bring the belt with you. Mm. And that was very monumental, though. Um, but also, I was cutting people down on social media how like people were talking about forbidden doors. I was like, it's Mickey freaking James. She was in WWE for an extended amount of time on one end, on another end. It's not somebody like Jordan Grace that came over to WWE for a shot. You know, and that was the one thing I got tired of for the past year was the, the for, forbidden door talk that made no sense. Yeah, it makes sense to you, I think. No, I mean, it, I'm talking about some straight up forbidden door action, which Tony that sounded. To- hold on, please explain, because the way you sounded, it sounded dirty. Oh yeah, okay, sorry, pause. Um, but but uh, people actually like like people actually doing the shock and all crossing over but instead of just having their companies that's why i say if jordan grace was a champion they call her wb called her and say we want you one night to royal rumble that's a forbidden door moment for me like your grace or uh Steele's. your forbidden door is different from other people's you have a different mindset and the general public the general fans know or have seen that you don't have companies working together and talent being exchanged so to see that in 2022 even at the level that we saw it was huge for regular people and knowing that regular people don't see that and that it is not typical at all for that talent exchange to happen it was a great marketing tool whether you hated it or the words i I, I didn't didn't, uh, i did like the marketing part but it was a great marketing tool to put out there we are doing business together it left the wwe in the cold they looked like the giant who uncared who did not care about their fans because if they cared about their fans they would make it happen where i could see one of my favorites who is not here 
work with one of my favorites who is in here, here being in WWE. So it was great. Um, it was great as far as everything goes. And just because you didn't like it, it worked for what it needed to do. Yeah, um, I, I did, though. Um, I'll never say anything about marketing, period. Um, but, yeah, going back to the Aldis, James, uh, James Aldis family, um, I'm, I'm in full support. And I told Mickey that uh, in passing on Friday night because uh, although I am trying to create a trend on Twitter with the hashtag, damn it, Mickey, uh, Mickey is just so friggin' sweet. You know, she, she she works hard. You know, I don't I'm not saying that because I'm a friend of hers, but you just know it. When she got an NWA with the women's division, I jumped on it. I was like, we going to see this empower to me was a great pay-per-view. Right. Um, had a little technical thing, but I can look past that. It, to me, it was better than the evolution pay-per-view that WWE did. Mm. Because um, I think they scrapped the evolution, which I don't I, it shouldn't have been like that. But in power, uh, they were saying that Billy Corgan had lost money on that. And I was just saying, like, the reception was great, though. The reception was great, but again, NWA doesn't have a huge following of people who are going to be able to pluck down that kind of money on their that pay-per-view. Because it's not like it's on a network or on a, on a, on a cock where you have a subscription Pause. and that's a no nah, I said it um, of a, a small amount or fee that you can get this these was 60 70 bucks um, women's wrestling has never been fully appreciated even in this day and age of women's evolutions and what have you so that right there to put on a pay-per-view like that costs a lot of money and if he did not recoup his money, and I say if, then yeah, he would have lost money based on salaries and just the technicality portion of the back, you know, putting yeah. it on. It's more of a, I guess I see it as more of a morale nature than business, even though it is still a business at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed the show. Um, I got introduced to a lot of uh, female talent, which was a good thing. Uh, one being Lady Frost. I mean, I find her... Uh, very very special shout out to her and the savage gentleman uh her husband you know obviously if you see that through conventions victor victor benjamin um yeah we got fans uh you know calling us and everything <laughs> party animals so relax <laughs> well you tell them to relax you can't scream that um so so moving on from that um you know, uh, I think we reconnected last night a little bit. I'm not sure. Um, barcade or whatever. Yes. And then we ran across Jamie Lynn, and the night was over after that. Night never ends in <laughs> Salem, but... Night yeah. never ends with Jamie Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a show title. Um, matter of fact, that should be a show title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there again, um, the, the amount of talent... Um, that you see here in this weekend, it is unmatched almost because it's so much talent. They're so close. You get to spend, you know, um, again, you get those minutes, those moments that are memories that like last. And I talk to people and you can look at the pictures and see the impression that this weekend makes on fans Um, and not just fans, even wrestlers look forward to this weekend as I'm talking to them 
how, how they get to reconnect because Sorry. with everybody that they don't get to typically see because when they're working, it's really a kind of quick <clears throat> sorry in and out um but, yeah but here they do have a little more time to kind of reconnect to hang out to talk to share stories and that's really what it's about a lot of stories happen all, all around the uh, open bottle if you will you actually told me one uh one shocking story uh but you actually put it together so well uh, after me asking why or how and that was a one, it was a long line uh, at Russell K. And it was a, unbel- I wouldn't say it is unbelievable for a talent, but on the surface, it was unbelievable. Oh, you're going to call me out on that. No, um, but the the logic that you used earlier, I... It was morbid logic that I used, yeah. and I, I, I hate to do it. And reveal the person? Um, so, X-Pac had a huge line, and... Um, my again morbid logic call it booze feud as well but um uh, we we lose people in wrestling way too early um and there's a lot of demons and vices that wrestlers go through it is you know well known that he has had his share of you know addictions and what have you so i don't know if people just want to see him as he's up in age or he doesn't, he's not really, but he is. And if they just felt like this might be one of their last opportunities, I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure people are just fans in general and they just, you know. <laughs> well, I wish you were wrong, but it was broken down that, uh, you know, now you think about it, the click. He was part of the click. And Scott, Hall, uh, and Scott Hall unfortunately passed away before WrestleMania following complications uh, through surgery. Uh, I think it was a, kind of another surgery that he was having. And then more recently, uh, like October uh, or September, I don't know the date for sure, uh, Kevin Ash's only son passed away. And, you know, being, I, I don't have children, but that was a huge monumental uh, it, loss for someone. To, it's unthinkable. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the people at WrestleCade had made the announcement that he's not going to show up. And a lot of people agreed with it. And you had that one dickhead that's more like, uh, why he ain't going to show up? You know, we pay money. And somebody, you know, go in the comments and correct them. I had to call that person out. But to me and to fair logic, not everybody knows the news right. uh, around the, the dirt sheet wire or even wrestling wire. Because uh, not to knock uh, the deceased like that, but... Uh, Son Nash, what I would say, Son Nash was not that popular. He wasn't a part of the business yes. as such. So, but he did have a podcast. They were trying to well, get up on the But what I'm saying is, it's not like he was a second generation that you'd seen in a WWE perform or some show or what have you. I mean, for most casual fans, they have no idea about the children of their favorite wrestling stars unless those children are in wrestling themselves. Dominic Mysterio, until he became Dominic Mysterio. Dominic other, Ripley? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> is talking now. Um, but, but again, Dominic Mysterio and even his sister, Aaliyah, outside of that like story time back in the day with Eddie and what have you, you forgot about Ray's children. And, you know, until they pop back up in the WWE, if they had never started those storylines with those kids, even though they were on TV when they were relatively young, 
you would have forgotten all about them. Well, I forgot about Aaliyah. I was like, who's this girl? Aaliyah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Now, well, now that you said that um, before before two, 2020, uh, I remember her. In, I just now remember her in CM Punk's uh, story. But everybody remembers the uh, I'm Your Poppy storyline with Eddie Guerrero. And they kind of kayfabe still use that to this day. And honestly, it's been about, what, 15 years plus, and, uh, mm, and Eddie Guerrero has been gone. But the angle itself, I still laugh at the actual reveal promo where Eddie said, I'm your papi, <laughs> and it just made me laugh. Then they made a shirt out of it, and it became iconic, because, unfortunately, because it was passing. But the, the feud was oh, so the shirt, over. The, shirt was the feud was so over. Fantastic. That's why it became iconic. Yeah. And um, now going, seeing WrestleMania, seeing Dominic Mysterio with the uh, Eddie Guerrero Art Bar outfit mm-hmm. from uh, when Worlds Collide many years ago, rocking the mullet. Oh man, turning on Rey Mysterio, Clash at the Castle, which was like the craziness. Great. But again, this is what I'm saying about the the back to circle back to where yeah. we were. The, the the kids of these performers, your superstars, your fan, your wrestling favorites, you don't know about it, so it's a little weird. Um, it was also weird with Aaliyah um, dating uh, Buddy Murphy at the time during the pandemic era of uh, WWE television. <laughs> it's weird if you know the backstory, and a lot of people didn't. So that's even, I don't want to say weirder, but it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek for those of us who know that, you know, uh, Aaliyah dating Rhea Ripley's uh, actual boyfriend now. So it's like, you, you know. know, now I think about it now, Dominic Mysterio, I was like, God. Lord, uh, the swingers campaign. Oh no! I'm sorry. It. We're here. We're here. We're here. Um, That's the second time we just yelled out "swinger." We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's one of those fans that was calling for us earlier. Oh gosh! Um, it heard. No, I was thinking also. I don't know if you've seen the Thanksgiving video uh, of Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley beating up Ray Mysterio. I was like, holy crap! They're really taking this to another level. Did they throw mashed potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to know. I didn't see um, the video. Uh, we were, you know, here in beautiful Winston-Salem, so I didn't get a chance to watch. But if there were no mashed potatoes thrown, I don't know if you actually beat I, up. No, no, no. It it was the fact that Rhea and Dominic went into the Mysterio home and beat him up and, and uh, did another angle where they, uh, I think they hit his ankle or his knee or something, you know. Um, Keep him keep him hurt and hobble yeah and then also mrs mysterio was in there too and i saw the uh what was it one of the a and e biography specials on ray mysterio mm-hmm. and it was really good okay and um the wife to me i'm sorry i'm not going to talk about mrs mysterio like that i have respect for her but angie. she and, well mrs mysterio excuse me mm-hmm. but mrs mrs angie if i can say that but she looked like a boss when she came out on TV. She had the heels and the clothes and everything. As she well, she should. You don't want to come on TV, especially being, you know, the wife of a superstar and look bad. Well, some, that reflects badly on him. Well, some some wrestlers and their families, you know, they wear the clothes. They're just a family. But she looked like a boss coming out on TV. Like, like she had her own uh, uh, Narcos empire or whatever. Hey. Who knows what happens on the Mysterio uh, Island? Actually, I would say uh, if if you got Amazon Prime or even A and E or whatever it is, check that one out because they really get in deep when Ray left uh, WCW between the bridge becoming from WCW to WWE. Okay. And how like he was messed up too, like that it will pull you in a different direction. Hmm. Um, also. 
not to pull this out of the timeline, but you and I watched the Teddy Hart documentary ah, on yes. the Peacock. We binged on the cock and watched Teddy Hart. Pause. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Um, that, I, I just, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Oh my um, God. But we watched the, the documentary, what is it called? Um, I can't say it right now. You're going to have to do the Googles on that one, but I will tell you that. Dangerous Breed. Okay, Dangerous Breed, C, C, and C, something like a cat's crime or something. But this documentary to me was as train wreck as the Tinder Swindler. The what? The Tinder Swindler. That's on Netflix. That was a popular thing around about the first of the year. And, um... I watched it on Valentine's Day, um, you know, as a measure, because I hate Valentine's Day. You did, mm-hmm. did you get it? Yeah, the Teddy Hart, uh, Dangerous Breed, Crimes, Cons, with Crime, Cons, and Cats. Oh, yeah, because the hearts love the cats. This was a train wreck documentary, and I got to be honest with you, I have ran into Teddy Hart a couple times. He's been nice to me, been a cool guy. I heard stories through the wire, through the news, through the dirt sheets or whatever, Oh boy, Mika. Listen. This looked like it was all true. <laughs> there have been a lot of allegations over the years about Teddy Hart and his involvement in the disappearance of Samantha Fiddler. Um, this documentary came out and it does not shine a bright or good light on Teddy Hart just as a human being in, in general. And of course, they say there's always two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. Well, I say three. But this is some pretty damning um, stuff uh, against Teddy, just from the standpoint of this was years in the making. This wasn't something that was that came together, you know, very very quickly to paint a story. This is somebody who Teddy gave access to his life. And the footage is damning and damaging. And the sad part is, I don't think that, just from what I know or have heard of Teddy Hart, that he is going to understand the consequences of this documentary and his own actions. So basically, you just said no accountability in this documentary, just like the orange head uh, voters. I don't know what you're talking about with orange haired voters, and then I don't want to know. But yes, no accountability. Yeah, um, some people I know around here that I was talking to, they say he is not going to wrestle ever again. But Mika also, Mika also said this, which I believed that he's going to start showing up places, mm-hmm. and you're going to hear about it. Besides the little bump sheets like WrestlingNews.com and RingsideNews.com, this is going to be some major news because. This documentary is out on Peacock. Teddy Hart is a Hart family member, yeah. which is going to push it a bit. And the Hart family name carries yes. a lot of leverage in and the weight. business and weight in the wrestling business in Canada. It carries a lot of weight. Um, and, and by the way, not to cut Mika off again, if you don't think so. Watch in your house Canadian Stampede nineteen ninety seven and you will be proven wrong. But the the fact of the matter is, um Teddy Hart is going to use this infamy 
to push whatever his agenda is. Um, there is a clear connection with Teddy Hart in Florida and schools and a show in Florida. You want me to mention what I told you earlier? Go ahead. Um, so I did like like uh, check-in selfies for uh, WrestleCade. Not, not check-in selfies, but uh, daily selfies for WrestleCade. And as I go along in the convention or the show, I get a notification on Instagram that a certain place liked my picture. And Mika also briefed me on this, and it was from Team Vision Dojo. And Mika laughed so hard. I can help it. Listen, there's a lot of y'all. I'm a, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you what's happening. So I'm. I've got a. I've got an Irish coffee here right now as I'm drinking. Got a little Jack, got a little coffee, got more Jack, got a little Jack, more Jack, and there is a splash of coffee. So maybe I'm, I'm going to be shooting straight here. Um, there is a lot of fuckery in wrestling part of my fridge. And in every state, there is a story of fuckery. Team Vision, excuse me, Team Vision Dojo has not just a story of the fuckery but they've got a whole damn encyclopedia of things that are wrong in their associated with them and I said this to you or someone else wrestling's not going to change this place is not going to be clear because it does not behoove wrestlers to shut it down to make it stop to make them this place go away because of the amount of talent that they've produced or had a hand in it's almost as if they get a free pass their movements like me too started something you know pretty good for kind of cleaning up the business clean up entertainment but it was speaking out which was like primarily in wrestling but the cleanup process is only as good if you clean everything and not certain things you can't clean your house and invite company over and say, come over, get comfortable anywhere and everywhere, and still leave the kitchen dirty. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, even the kitchen is the back of the house, it's still dirty. And there's still dirt that needs to be cleaned. And people just, whether they're scared, whether they just don't want any part of it, whatever the case is, there's still a lot happening that needs to be fixed. And everybody knows it. But again, nobody's doing anything about it. So basically, um, you know, there's a guy named Jason Rance that runs this school. And this is, I, I don't want to give this spoiler away, but it just, much. it just made me laugh so hard. Um, but, you know, Jason Rance uh, is a trainer who is also a uh, sexual offender, a.k.a. a pedophile, which is in this case. And also, um, people in Florida or people in the know know about it, but they never really said anything, or most people haven't said anything because people go, "It's not my business." That's yeah. the number one. Yeah, line it ain't me. It, it, it wasn't me. I've never seen him do it. It doesn't affect me. He never did anything to anybody I know. So it got to the point in the documentary where um, Teddy Hart was working with Chase and Rance. Be- before I get into that. Mika stopped the tape and just basically briefed me on everything and played the video, uh, replayed the video, and they just said everything that she just said. So, because again, it's a known thing. Like, and I had people tell me, uh, and you know, this blew me out of the water before, you know, I was 
God, anywhere, I'm nobody in this business, but when I first started, people, you know, gave me warnings about different things, different people, different areas, and this is one of them, and the fact that, you know, people know this and don't, again, do something about it, mind-blowing, so I just, you know, had to let shit know, because I don't want to say it's a territory thing or an area thing, but more people in the South know it than up North. Yeah, it it pretty much uh, was an end to no thing that uh, should have been stopped uh, long before it even made traction. And it was, in a way, a uh, location thing because I never knew about it. But this was the same guy that Zach Wentz tried to out uh, while he was doing his uh, run as Nash Carter in, in uh, NXT 2.0. Hmm. Um, he was trying to point him out. And I think, like, Chasing Rance was training uh, Izzy. Uh, you know the Bailey fangirl and um, what happened was I saw this on TV and Mika further explained it I saw a uh, what was that uh, MSK match and they got booed mm. and I never understood it because everybody liked MSK then she briefed me about it and said that it was Chasing Rance I was training her and I said okay why is everybody going to like going with a pedophile but the influence of Izzy, I don't know her last name, and Izzy Mania turned the tables on MSK and it backfired. And also, uh, Wentz was released because of other personal things that happened that he did. Doesn't go with the situation, but it just proves further true to what he said. It's crazy. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, if... I mean, if people want to cancel Zach Wentz, you know, you can do that, but he's kind of in the right, you know, uh, as far as the conversation was concerned. But he got, they got to the point where Teddy was working with him and said, there's no uh, scandalous or something, something behavior. And then next you know, you see him stripping Rance's uh, shorts in the locker room to his drawers and smacking his nuts around. I was like, what? No is more, What is raunchy compared to that? I don't want to know their definition of raunchy if that's not raunchy. Yeah, so um, anyway, I, I encourage people to watch it. Um, the story about Samantha Samantha uh, Fiddler, that's going to gain the most traction out of this whole documentary. That's been what the lead-in to this whole doc- documentary, docuseries was. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I'm going to give Mika the credit for being uh, Mika Damas and say he's going to show up somewhere. And it's going to spread like wildfire. And if we have the right circles, we're going to know about it before it hits the internet. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hear about it. And I know you want to say I told you so or anything because I'm just gonna be like, look, I, I I understand crazy, and this is absolutely positively stone cold crazy. Yeah, because um, you know the accountability in this one, and even uh, <laughs> shout out to BJ Annis for what he said. He was just like so nonchalant, like ha ha ha. You know, if I got mm-hmm. I got money, I can get a lawyer, so it can happen. Yeah, that's it's it's exhausting. <laughs> just even thinking about it is exhausting. Okay, I, okay, I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say this also because this was a funny fact. But there was a uh, case that he had in Canada that the filmmaker wanted him to go and uh, take care of, and he took his girlfriend, not Samantha, at the time who was training to be a wrestler, and he took his cat to Canada. Guess what happened? They all got stopped as soon as they uh, got off the plane. And um, the girlfriend had, like, some kind of charge from years ago, not cancel culture or bull, but Canada's very tough uh, when it comes to their borders. 
So not only with Teddy being in trouble for what he got, she got in trouble and the cat got deported too. <laughs> they said, F you, your girl, and your cat. That's how you know it's bad when poor cat and did nothing but be a cat and, you know, you can't come to Canada. Mr. Magic is on documentation. Right. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was a train wreck. Um, I think for anybody to come up in the business, uh, you should watch this. Um, I remember Teddy uh, dated Maria Manic for a while. I don't, I, and, and personally, I think that killed her career because she had traction in the Ring of Honor, and we didn't see her anymore after that. I don't know if it's so much Teddy or Maria. And Maria Manic is or was a friend of mine. Um, in fact, I got I met her through Jamie. Mm. So. So they didn't show that part. It was like Samantha was gone for so many days, and um, it was some. And honestly, it's you, a really you, interesting. You, you said you said there were fuckery in the dojo. There was fuckery with what went on. Yeah, like you want to talk about getting fucked? Like that was getting fucked. And and trying not to spoil it and give you too much, so you can watch it. And uh, honestly, you you can form your own opinions and tell us we're right or tell us we're wrong. And also, it's not for the weak of mind either. True. Yeah. So, um, anyway, getting back to Kate, we we uh, get in Sunday, uh, ladies' night out. I had a good time with uh, a couple of the talent. Um, private matters, I'm not going to say. Um, it was, But it was just a great experience of getting to know uh, talent that I didn't know, talent that I wanted to see, um, because I'm always seeing talent that I don't know about and I'm educated when they do their thing in the ring or you watch their social media and everything. So I met a lot of lady, uh, female talent, uh, very interesting talent. Mm-hmm. One was uh, I ran into a named Caitlin Marie. Okay. Oh, my God. Her personality is so <laughs> in her character. Um, uh, Maserati, Olivia Devine, um, La Rosa, um, La Rosa Negra, La Rosa Negra, the energy she brings when she walks into a room. Oh my Amazing. goodness! Amazing. Uh, the Hacks was doing signing. Um, Marty I, Bell and Allison K. The Hacks. I actually wanted to meet Christina Marie, but I think I missed the boat on that one. Well, clearly you did if you didn't meet her. Yeah, I mean, I think she followed me, but um, I just wanted to meet her. Um, you know, I appreciate the follow and everything. But um, did you go to the Ladies Night Show? Yes, absolutely. One of the highlights of this WrestleCade weekend is every time I've been here on the Sunday, there's been a women's show. Um, no matter what it's called, it's always been pretty good. Um, this year was a huge turnout for women's show. And I think that speaks volumes to this being a weekend of wrestling fans who actually understand and want to see good wrestling. But they came out and they appreciated the women's wrestling. So I'm always like there's new talent to see here. Um, names, again, you're not familiar with. But we're going to watch them and watch them grow. Um, we've seen... Um, a lot of the talent here from year to year to year grow and expand and move on to bigger and better things, of course. Um, so, yeah, I was not missing this show for anything. Yeah, and speaking of meeting people, um, I never thought I would meet one. Um, I know the same female talent, but shout out to uh, Buff Bagwell. Um, you know, I never thought I was could uh, 
meet him and be buds with him. And we turned out to be that way. Uh, I dropped the ball on the information part because uh, I wanted to interview him about his um, addictions that, you know, going through DDP and everything. And I told Mika about he dressed up, him dressing up as Mr. Rogers hmm. and doing vignettes and also Diamond Dallas Page dressing up like Bob Ross. That's lunacy. I love it. And to me, it's more lunacy than uh, the Bray Wyatt's uh, Funhouse. Wow. Okay. So, um, that was that was cool uh but there was a great number out there i thought it was a good number last year this Um, was bigger yeah it was it was a packed house and definitely it was a packed house for aml the day after because the main event (laughs) was george south versus nick effing gage for the gcw world title really yeah it was for his title oh my god yeah i I thought it was just an exhibition no 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 we don't just exact that was for the title and you know nick gage you know george south but if you put the two two together you do not use peanut butter and jelly you're like that's not that's like a peanut butter and jelly and blood yeah i was gonna say sandwich wise it's like peanut butter and bologna like no those don't go together Hmm. but these two did a phenomenal job it was bloody it was brutal it was everything you could imagine and then some now Mika uh, was inside during this match. Uh, she was inside during the show. Um, I saw this match like from outside because it was that packed. I had to creep on in the inside. Mm-hmm. I was a bit worried about this match. I love George South. He's a very kind-hearted man, very hardworking man. He does his Sunday uh, worship. If you are ever uh, religious and want to get here. It, it, here in every religious um i i don't get up there early unfortunately 10 o'clock on a sunday george south does service every sunday for wrestlecade he he holds prayer he holds whole service so um again it's one of those things where this weekend truly caters to everybody it caters to your fandom it caters to your passion but it also caters to your soul you mm-hmm. know so Speaking of soul, like, uh, George South was taking, um, you know, kind of showing people the way to heaven uh, with the worship. And with that match with Nick Gage, he was showing some hell. Oh, George South is a madman in the ring. George South wrapped himself in barbed wire. He did it last he year, too. wrapped himself in barbed wire to the point where Nick Gage, actually, they were stuck together, skin to skin, with this barbed wire. It was disgustingly bad i loved it but also we forgot to feel that um aml wrestling the company that it is they had a disclaimer before they had to they they had to have a disclaimer before the match uh which was great and then i was on the other end outside on certain parts where seeing people leaving and being disgusted they had kids that they had to leave for their discretion um aml is a family wrestling show so Nick Gage, again, if you know, you know, Nick Gage is not for the kids, no matter what they say. This is not um, something he is a, a deathmatch wrestler um, by all rights and means. So this is not something that you want to have your children see. Yeah. So yeah. AML didn't sanction this match. Yeah. Um, so, but to have that AML crowd there, a lot of them may not necessarily have been ready for the brand of violence that a GCW crowd would be because, again, 
for the GCW title. I think we I think for those who don't know, Nick Gage had had a screening of Dark Side of the Ring that episode that he had. Uh, you know, where in the beginning he was doing the tournament of death and they showed that he almost died from that. Right. And they would have known what kind of guy he is. He's a sweet guy, like, outside the ring, but inside of the ring, oh, boy. And the crowd, due to his uh, uh, trend success, uh, however the name is, uh, he's very popular from the Dark Side of the Ring episode, not only that, but with AEW. Right. Uh, in the infamous uh, commercial break with the pizza cutter and Domino's Pizza right. simultaneously, which I didn't watch. I don't watch the TV versions. I watched it on Fight TV, and it was just so hilarious when I found out. And when he pulled out that pizza cutter, I groaned, and everybody was screaming and just like, pizza cutter! <sighs> and um, I was afraid that he was going to cut uh, George South in his mouth like he did uh, John Moxley. Listen... I'm scratching my forehead because I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. This was bloody. This was brutal. It was, yeah, yeah. Light tubes and barbed wire and chairs and. Oh, my. Oh, my God. I got hit by a light uh, a light tube shard by uh, Pentagon Jr. in Florida. See? Stay out of the way of light tubes, guys and girls. They hurt. Those people that pay those uh, front row seatings, as premium, you say? Premium seats. Watch out. Um, but before it got bloody and glass was flying everywhere, AML Wrestling crowned a new AML Wrestling champion. I'm glad you brought that up, too. And his name is... The Sultan of Stank. White Mike. Congratulations to White Mike. Um, White Mike is somebody who I've watched for a long time now. Like He's got a 15-year career. I have not watched for all 15 years, No. But, uh, of course, if you follow his journey, if you know White Mike, you see a couple things. You see he's a fun-loving guy, but you see he works incredibly hard. And White Mike has sacrificed a lot. He spoke about it um, after the match as he was joined by his two sons ringside. Um, And that was a moment. Like, I try to keep, uh, you know, a game face on, but I think... That was such an emotional moment because it was so raw. It was so real. Um, like, I teared up. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. This is great for him and a great f- that he got to share it with his kids because he, you know, being a wrestler, they miss a lot with their children. And he had his kids there for this um, monumental portion of his career. Well, um, with White Mike, I, I've known him for a couple years. He's been very entertaining. I thought at first he was a niche wrestler uh, doing the Gymnasty Boys with uh, Timmy Luretton, who is now uh, Tim the Infinite One, um, if I said that correctly. He did not. The Infinite Man. The Infinite T-I-M. Man, T-I-M. Sorry. Uh, you know, great guy. Um, even three years ago, it was a tag team match, tag team championship match between the uh, Dawson brothers and the Gymnasty Boys. And that crowd was so animated and so emotional about that match. And I still remember it to this day because after that match, I think we were all drained completely. Mm-hmm. It was that emotional. The Gymnasty Boys winning the championships. I love the Dawson brothers also. We, we kick it all, at, you know, when we're together. And that's what I like about wrestling. Like, if the audience is further engaged and people crying, shedding tears over this situation or that situation, that's what we live for, you know? It's a lot different now because we have smartphones and we're trying to take pictures in the crowd, trying to take videos and whatever. But if you actually just, like, 
sit down and just enjoy the action, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into. And, you know, I talked to Mika uh, at dinner about this, um, that I was hardly on my device. I just took pictures and just moved on. Like, I, I can't do the social media thing while I'm out at a, an environment like this because it, that's time-consuming. Uh, there were been past WrestleCades where, like, in the morning, I would take, like, two hours to post pictures on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook mm-hmm. just to make a statement. I don't do it anymore because it's so time-consuming. I love my rest. I love my routine and shower and everything like that. And you never know who's going to call you for, for something. I mean, I not to put personal business out there, but I appreciate it. Mika texting me good morning every day um, of, of the weekend. <laughs> you know, it, it did something for me. Um, but going back to uh, wrestling and, and emotion and audi- emotions in the crowd, that's what we live for. I mean, like I I do a thing in wrestling called um, I I don't know what I call it, but if I can't stay off my device during a match, then that means I have no interest in the match. I don't really have a lot invested into it. Mm. And the same thing with movies and whatever. If you got to be up there, except for urgent things. Uh, then it's just not a, not anything to you. I but, call it short attention span theater. And yeah. I feel like a lot of wrestling fans have a short attention span, especially in this day and age of smartphones and what have you, because if you're not paying attention to what's happening in the ring, you miss certain nuances. If you're not paying attention to the actions, the expressions, you miss a lot. And even taking pictures or taking video, you wind up missing a lot if you are not focused mm-hmm. without the camera being in front of your face to to record and that's where i think um a lot of people kind of have a disconnect yeah so um there was a match in uh, ladies night out uh, i think it was like a three-way four-way five-way and it was a spot involving um uh, a, a female talent i'm not gonna say her name because i like her uh, she almost got dropped on her head she did get dropped on the head and it was a grown moment and I saw it right then and there and I was just wondering if she was okay but unfortunately somebody wrote a Facebook post and no listen I'm, I'm gonna stop you we're not gonna talk about this we'll move on we're gonna move on yeah. that alright thanks Tony Khan um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Ariel Hawani interview so um, anyway uh you know, it was very a uh, great moment. Uh, also, Axon Ray winning the Rumble and proposing to his, uh, I guess, longtime girlfriend. Uh, everybody got emotional with that. Now, turn fiance. That was very cute. It was an emotional moment. It was emotional for his win, um, for his journey, um, and again to be at WrestleCade seven years and just busting his butt to get to that spot. And it moved from a spot of just about the wrestling to him literally and truly, you know, proposing to the woman he loves. So that was, it was sweet. It was cute. Yeah, I've been seeing him for a couple of years and he, he's been like really toiling and pushing. And also uh, the company and Imperial made a special uh, uh, presentation at his table. He okay. didn't even know about it until the next day. And I talked to him about it that night and he was just overwhelmed. Um, you know, and that's why I stress indie wrestling for people who just go watch WWE and AEW because you will have this personal feeling with certain people. Then when they make it to the big time, you know, you will be very congratulatory towards them. I mean, there was one talent at the Ladies Night Out show that was so over. Her name was Kylan King. Yep. And, you know, I, I for me, I seen her on Dark and, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, wrestling on Dark. But she just had a match on Dynamite. 
Tyler King is an amazing talent. Very beautiful, too. And just watching her growth this year, um, she's going to get even bigger. Like, just hands down, flat out, there's no sky's the limit, as they say, for yeah. Tyler King. Also, shout out to uh, the Renegade twins, uh, Charlotte and Robin Renegade. Uh, NWA title shot against um, I can't think of their names like Ellie Envy and somebody else mm-hmm. they beat the Hex for the titles and I kind of tried to put it in the air for them it's like the Renegade Twins, NWA Women's Tag Team Champs um, they work so hard, I miss my Renegade this year, um, the girls, I love her the girls have worked hard from Jump Street, not just saying everybody doesn't work hard, but no. again, to watch the growth of these two amazing girls and women as they move um, literally around the country to better themselves, to work anywhere that they can, to get an opportunity and to show how amazing they are. Um, It is going to be amazing when they get gold in the women's tag team and in the championships in NWA. Um, Yeah. Like uh, Kenzie Page and Ella Envy. That's what it is. They will be... uh, defending those titles and we could see the renegade twins as historic becoming you know the first set of twins to become nwa women's world champion like let's go i didn't even think about that yeah thank you very much for that so so all in all i had a great weekend um also shout out to jenna kai did she win the belt because i had to step out jenna kai is the new ladies night out champion beating eva lease in the main event Jenna Kai had a match earlier in the night on the determined number one contendership between um, Jenna Kai and La, and La Rosa Negra. Um, absolutely, positively fantastic match between those two, but brutal because La Rosa is a passionate competitor as well, and um, they went toe-to-toe and tore each other apart, and to have to step into the ring um, after going through a grueling match earlier in the night with Ivelisse, who is pound for pound one of the best wrestlers in the world, like her or a hater, the woman has talent. She is talented beyond all belief. And Jenna Kai, honestly, I didn't give her a chance because she was working a second match, you know, and it's just like, look, there's Ivelisse. <laughs> Ivelisse, I've seen Ivelisse beat men, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I doubt it. don't call it. her the baddest bitch in the ring for nothing. Right. I, I doubt it. Um, I doubted uh, Jenna Ty, and uh, I was wrong. And she is now the champion, and Ivelisse was not happy about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens or if there's a rematch someplace down the line. I think maybe Ivelisse maybe took this one a little too not serious and wound up paying for it. I got to watch the tape again to see that match. Um, I'll do so in the next week uh, week or so. Um, you know, um, speaking of uh, La Rosa Negra, uh, I saw a certain person that we should not speak on her name around the convention area. Now that you mentioned it, I just she thought about it. Yeah, I mean, such a great talent. <coughs> just such a great talent to go away. Look, talent is not everything. You have to be a. You have to be a good person. And and, her, and uh, not, not to cut you off again. La Rosa Negra's stock went up after that. It, it was more she was recognized. Yeah. And and it's sad that it has to take something, you know, so just nasty 
to have your talent recognized. You know, it's good for La Rosa, but it's just bad that it even happened to her. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of women wrestlers uh, stood up and co-signed for uh, La Rosa and their situations also. So, uh, you know, people kind of talk about it, people don't. Um, you know, the court of public opinion, you know, she is no more as of right now. It's That's just the, like the court Teddy, of public opinion is there's a problem. It's not the court of public opinion. It's the fact that a lot of people still, even though in this age and day of social media, don't know the story. And it's been some years, so the story has dissipated. You have a new crop and bash people mm-hmm. where sometimes in life, the only thing stopping you from achieving anything is yourself. And this is one of those situations. What's stopping her is herself call it ego call it pride call it vanity i just did um whatever you want to call it her not doing is her doing and her not doing is her undoing and and she doesn't realize it and it's yeah accountability is a thing that needs to be the word of 2022 because a lot of people lack it and you know going back to the insurrection which that was 2021 uh to stuff like this now in wrestling that a lot of people just want to finger point all the time when uh, shit goes sideways Hmm. and sometimes you got to look at yourself first before you look at others and I try to do that every day you know just like I said I had a uh, I'll admit to this too I had an interview with uh, Buff Bagwell but I didn't get the communication right in order to sit down and have it and this was an interview that I wanted Mm -hmm. you know because we were talking about addiction and the human things and um you know, Buff has been such a very nice person of these years compared to what happened before. But what happened before that was contribute to substance abuse on on part on on a generous amount of it. You know, sometimes he just carried it too. Um, yeah. So I I had a wonderful weekend. As you see, my throat is hurting. I mean, as you can hear, my throat is um, you know kind of weak a little bit. <laughs> But it's always like that with conventions. We uh, don't see a lot of wrestling unless you plant your ass in that chair on shows. It's always a lot of networking, but to me, it's well worth it. And I wouldn't trade it for a lot of things. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Because honestly, WrestleCade is the place where Mika Villas and myself had met. So, connection made on that one. You know, I would have been suffering as a podcaster. Oh, stop it. You've been just fine. I, I would have been suffering as a podcaster, <laughs> uh, you know, yelling to the sky. You old know, man for on the porch. <laughs> You're going to call me Abe Simpson, uh, old man yelling to the sky. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, this has been great. Um, we are probably going to turn in early because we need to recover. And we, as uh, older folks... Ooh, we need we need some more time. Let's yeah. say not 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 uh, not in that area where the burgeoning talent is. We we've been around the block many times. Speak for yourself. Thank you very much. We we got stories. We got stories Invi- individually. Anyway, we it was a good weekend. Yes, I look forward to next year. And Shout out to Tracy Myers, Brian Hawks, and company of WrestleCade and AML Wrestling. Um, also, gift for you. If you have not seen this on my Instagram, I have finally solved it to the point where I can tell people that I am not Scorpio Sky. Yes, you are. 
I have pictures. I have proof. Photoshop. I have talked to the man. Photoshop. Ethan Page was there, even though Photoshop. the man of the, the men of the year are really kind of no more. Um, Photoshop. And I, and you can see I'm taller than that. Don't Ezekiel me. Okay. Don't don't midnight rider me. Okay. Don't stagger lead me. Okay. <laughs> so me and Scorp Scorpio Sky came up to me and said, "Yeah, man, people confuse me with you." Y'all stop. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going there with the whole Ezekiel Elias storyline. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> so anyway, I gotta. I we are uh, going to close this out. Uh, hopefully, we can get together soon. Uh, this is the traveling podcast journal, courtesy of the sensational one. Um, we can talk about more issues uh, in the past with WWE or uh, situations. I want to uh, knock a couple of them out, especially Sasha Banks and Naomi returning. Maybe. Awesome. Or not. Or not. And walking out. I wanted Mika Villas to uh, do that because, you know, as a, as a um, female talent, you know, I wanted to get her take on it. But after that, Daddy Vince went out the door. <sighs> so did John Laurinaitis. Vince ain't doing nothing much wrong. I don't think so. I don't want to go conservative. Uh, that's, uh, we, that's, a, that's a whole episode almost on itself. So, so anyway, Mika, give them your uh, handles. I am Mika Villas, M-I-K-A, V like victory, I-L-L-A-S, on all the social medias, the Snapchats, the all that. Maybe an OnlyFans. If you see one, let me know. Um, I'm trying to put it together, though. Oh, my gosh talk to me talk at me look at the pictures and um you know let's, let's buy my merch i'm not yeah buy my merch okay buy my merch. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're doing the only fans oh now look gosh. at tony storm oh god she breaking records yeah i'm not tony storm material so don't you worry about it i'm gonna take all your money just a little bit oh by the way shout out to athena um, also, Cesaro, we talked a couple times, and um, I'm amazed by that guy. For some reason, I'm a hetero man, and Cesaro just has that, 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 mm, like you, you just, you just feel his soul. Okay. Apart from the handshake. Okay. All right. Okay. Like he has that je ne sais quoi. All right. We'll leave it at that. We'll let it go. You, I mean, not Cesaro, Claudio. Mm hmm. We all knew what he meant. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Call, I'm, him, call him whatever you want to call him. I don't. I, don't I, I just don't want him to swing me. Let's see if we can arrange that for next year. Okay. <laughs> but he's he's such a very classic guy, and I, and I love him for it. Uh, Aubrey Edwards finally met her. Um, she uh, gave me the link to a yoga app. Okay. Uh, which I'm going to try uh, because she is so fit. You know, there's a piece on her back in the day about being a. Uh, traditional dancer. Mm. I didn't want to say. I can't say dancer anymore because you automatically think of something else. But anyway, I'm just rambling. That means I need to go to sleep. <laughs> so catch me on the socials: uh, Twitter, Sensational One; Instagram, Sensational One; Snapchat and TikTok. I just did it for the name, Sensational One. Give me a follow, even though I hardly post. I'm trying to figure out uh, TikTok, uh, Facebook under Shinblade. And um, I don't have anything else to say, but we're going to get some sleep. So thank you for giving our time. My battery's running dead. For Mika Billis, I am the sensational one. And peace.